Welcome to the Goal Crazy Podcast. We explore what it takes to reach your crazy goals. I'm your host, Jason Vandeveer, and together we're going to learn to take life to the next level in Goal Crazy. Let's get started. Hello there. Welcome back to the next episode of the Goal Crazy Podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. I think there's going to be some really interesting takeaways from it. I'm here with Lisa Beth Lent. She's an author. She's a wellness coach, a nutritionist. Uh, She does a whole bunch of things to help you find wellness for yourself, and she can approach it from a bunch of different angles. But Lisa Beth, thanks for coming on here today with me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How, How would you describe what you do to help people out? Like If somebody asks you what you do for a living, What's your go-to response for that? <laughs> well, I like to say that I'm a I'm a health and wellness coach. I, I also, you know, I could say so many different things, but generally, I, I like to help people where they're at and with where they want to begin, whether it be the mindset, the mind, and mental health stuff, where mm-hmm. we can talk openly about that, or we can talk about the emotional aspects with it actually, believe it or not, is tied into nutrition um, mm-hmm. because how we eat really has a lot to do with how we feel. And then mm-hmm. also the layers of repressed stuff. So there's the mindset, there's the emotions, and then there's the body. Um, I developed a my baby, which is the intuitive movement integration method. It's a class, but I like working with people one-on-one mostly doing this because it could be a very intimate experience. So uh, I, I, you know, it depends on kind of where people want to go and how they're all tied in together, the mind, the heart, and the body. And so I like to just, you know, intuitively work with people with exactly what they want and rather than imposing a structure of this is the program and you have to follow it that way. People are much more complicated than to lay just a simple framework and say, this is the approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, get into more kind of about the process that you use, because I know it's a very unique approach to it. When people typically come to you, are they looking for this specific method? Or do they realize that it's, you know, there's three different elements to this? Or are they coming to you like, hey, you know, I, I eat excessively, and I need help, <laughs> right? Or wh- where are they at, typically? Well, I mean, it depends on how people find me, (laughs) you know, um, when people find me one-on-one, generally, um, they come to me with wanting to make a change to feel better in their lives. You know, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times I don't generally attract the weight loss kind of crowd. I attract the people who just don't feel well, where Mm -hmm. it's it's not about, uh, losing 60 pounds. It's about having a better mindset and having a better way of being, you know, um, learning how to, accept the past, you know? And then, so people come to me one-on-one through, you know, my website and whatnot. That's generally the conversation that ensues. But if people find me through my method, which is a local, pretty much a local thing that people discover, unless, you know, you find out about it on the book and on my website, the the movement is, I mean, I call, it's like a call for people who hate to exercise. And Mm -hmm. There are so many people who hate to exercise and there's a reason for that. You know, I mean, this overconsumption of poor foods, you know, processed carbs and excess sugar. If you go to the grocery store, it's like everywhere and Starbucks and these like, you know, 500 calorie drinks. It's ridiculous. So it's if people are interested in feeling better physically, you have the method 
and people are intrigued by what, what is this? If you hate to exercise, try this, you know, I've tried everything, but it's a framework for people that can accept where they're at. It's a, it's a method to make room for improvement of say your posture and body mechanics, but it's deeper. It's so much deeper than that. Cause it's learning about self-acceptance because truly the way to have growth is to accept where you're at and to accept the past. And so there's all of this hypercriticism around comparison with how I move versus how other people move or how they think they should move or how they think they should look. And the method helps people acknowledge where they're at and learn not to judge it. <laughs> and that's kind of like my, my, I would say the, the place to start with, with how I help people is to learn to be kinder to themselves and to love themselves how they are and to learn to gain a little distance between them and their inner critic, which if you grow up in, you know, modern society, I feel like that's the beast to overcome is that inner critic because it will stop you in your tracks and it will keep you isolated and it will keep you unhappy. So the other thing I wanted to just mention when it comes to the emotional thing, the emotional yeah. piece of, of well-being is not only nutrition, which is kind of not necessarily uh, appreciated as much, but I think just like exploring it, you can get that there's a connection. You know, you eat crap, you feel like crap. It's kind of like not that not that hard to figure out. But the other piece is repression and suppression and not being able to really express the unprocessed stuff of the past and learning how to make peace with it instead of identifying with the past as, as being a victim of this happened to me and that's just the way it goes. And learning to find the lesson in that is how we process, you know, the emotional stuff that kind of keeps us down. Mm -hmm. So there's, I mean, you know, hey, there's so much to it. I that, hope that, that kind of gives no, you that's, some. No, that's good stuff. There's a lot to unpack there. I think that's really, that's really interesting. So it's like people are coming to you. They have one issue or another, but ultimately they're, they're trying to feel better with their life, right? And they might be thinking that they need to get healthier, eat healthier or whatever it is. It kind of comes from the physical route, but then it really turns more into an emotional thing. You have to accept where you're at, stop being a victim to the world. Also just stop being, stop beating yourself up and really accepting where you're at. This is, this is just your starting point, or this is just like where you are right now, right? It doesn't say anything about your future, what you can do. It's just, just where you're at right now. Right. Right. And that's why I love my method so much. And I, I know that the people who've enjoyed it and given me the feedback that it's such a relief to finally love yourself just as you are instead of needing to be something else or somewhere else or, you know, with your body as it is. But at the same time, there's this also with the self-acceptance, you that's how you move forward is to mm -hmm. accept where you're at, you know? And um, I, like it, a very big part of the program that I do is posture and mm -hmm posture awareness. And there usually becomes this really fun conversation where people just assume that posture is something that they'll never get or, or they're so overwhelmed by, you know, oh, I have to stand up straight like this all the time. You know, I tell people that I do posture and body mechanics work and immediately all the time people will like straighten up and mm -hmm. throw their shoulders back, you know, but it's about planting seeds of awareness and growth can only happen with self-awareness in my opinion. And yeah. through that body awareness, like I train people a rooting up technique in the, in the program that 
you know, you, it's all subtle. So we're sitting, we're sitting here and we're sitting in our chairs and I can tell that you're leaning forward. And that's probably how you do these, you sit often, but in culturally we are ahead of ourselves all the time, right? We're always so ahead of ourselves. So to learn to be more in alignment with making, you know, having a good relationship with the present moment, which is alignment, right? And it's, and it's like this inner deeper message, but it's really very practical, very physical because what is spiritual is actually grounded in physical reality. So I like to do this rooting up technique where instead of, let's say like, instead of slouching in the chair, like rolling back so you can see, like if you're sitting back in your chair, you're slumped, your whole spine is out of alignment. So I train people in the class and, and, uh, you know, in other avenues to sit on their sit bones, right? So instead of using the back of the chair, you're sitting on your sit bones and your sit bones are the bones underneath your glutes, right? They're the very bottom of your pelvis. And when you don't use the back of the chair, you're actually strengthening your core. Like, so just by sitting up straight and we'll, and I build on that, you know, is to, cause you got to start from the root in order to be sitting in proper posture, for example. Right. Like, so you make sure that your chest is directly above your, your pelvis, and then you tuck your chin and you stay here for a moment and you just plant that seed. And it's not mental. It says nothing to do with your intelligence. This has to do with your nervous system and mm. feeling a balance in relationship to gravity. And when you practice that twice a day, once a day, just one time, at least once or twice a day, you reprogram your nervous system. And the, the key piece is here is lifting the chest just a touch. And I want you to try it, right? Like you lift, mm. right? Like feel the difference. There's a difference. And so, Posture awareness is kind of a cheat method to confidence and to gaining a self-awareness where you're just learning to be present. And to me, confidence has everything to do with just remaining present. And so instead of right being ahead of ourselves or like, oh, whatever, right? I feel like people who slump in the chair, they just have this, there's a there's an energy, right, to how you hold yourself. And slumping in the chair like this to me is this acceptance of not of of like not really being pleased right mm-hmm. i mean that's to me when people yeah. slump and right so people yeah. are ahead of Very themselves casual. it's not like they're that interested it's like okay this is like holding my attention but just barely right it's like okay like i'm yeah you're just watching yeah Maybe. and then you have you know you look around i when i was in massage school they said you know go to the mall and just sit on a bench and watch and look at people's posture and mm. i love that exercise because and you look at nowadays it's very fashionable to like have low confidence it's it's fashionable to like just there's there's so many people that have this posture where it's like they're they're defeated and so my key i mean my ideal audience is people who are in like before they're 40 Mm -hmm. because i think i know because of my own experience there's a plasticity right of the nervous system easier to reprogram yeah right but you, there's neuroplasticity in the brain, but there's also neuroplasticity in your in your nerve in, in all of your cells. So in your in that age group, like between you know, once you discover that you have posture that you might want to improve, and you know that you had the slump, or you know you have sway back, whatever posture imbalance there is, I would say up until you're 50, because hmm. once you're like past like 55, 60, you're kind of solid. Like your your frame is set. 
because yeah. of all the decades of holding yourself, but you're still malleable. Like in your thirties, to me, that's like, that's the perfect time. Like now I, I never use the back of the chair unless I'm like taking a break from, it, you know, yeah. and I sit like this all the time. And, and I, I know some people don't really see the connection to like why that's. Yeah. Big I, I probably lean forward way too much when I'm sitting in my chair. It's uh, yeah, that's just how I position myself. But, um, but if it doesn't cause you pain, then there's no yeah. big deal. But if it causes you chronic neck pain, chronic headaches, then there might be well, a, a impetus for yeah. doing something about it. So yeah. I always tend to attract the people that are like up to here with their chronic pain or up to here yeah. with their emotional pain. Yeah. So let's talk about, okay, so people are coming to you. They've got chronic pain of some type, type probably that's getting in the way of them feeling well, right? Or some sort of emotional pain. And your method, I know there's lots of different components to it. There's uh, dance, there's move, mo movements, there's posture. Tell us a little bit, just like at a high level, a little bit about what your method is and how it's different from lots of the other methods. I know there's a lot of different components, right? You've got a full book that really uh, explains it, but you were going to explain it in a short <laughs> time. What would you, how would you explain it? Um, that's a great question. You know, I love, I mean, summarizing is, is a, is quite the skill. Um, <laughs> I would say that it it's a simplistic framework mm -hmm. that's easy to remember that gives you permission to move different parts of your body, and just that simplicity is fun. And and mm -hmm. I and people have complained to me like or questioned like, how can you market fun? Like it what's mm -hmm. it's not fun for everybody. Like well that's true. Of course it's not fun for everybody. But if you're open, if you if you give it a chance and let the judgment drop and just have fun, that's your gateway to accept and love yourself as you are, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's a format of scanning. You know, the, it's the beginning of the class is I teach animated breath for people who, well, not for people, but it's, it's basically breathwork 101 you know, animated mm -hmm. breath when I'm opening my arms and then, you know, physically, I mean, it's harder to do when I'm sitting. Cause I have these yeah. arm things when I'm <laughs> inhale and exhale. That's breath work 101 because you're physically relating. You're physically connected to the breath, right? You have that experience of being physically embodied with the breath and people who are really averted judgmental and don't see the benefits of breath work. To me, that's this crash course in getting connected because your breath is also presence, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of little nuggets in all of the movements that I teach. And that's a good example of like, to me, breath work is just so simple, but it brings yeah. you into presence. It brings you into calm. It brings you into awareness of, let's say you're feeling anxiety and you have your heart pounding. You'll immediately become aware of it as opposed to one of the plagues, I think, is people just bypassing, minimizing their physical reality, like having mm -hmm. symptoms of anxiety or having symptoms of depression. Um, I think one of the, uh, in your book, and correct me if I'm mistaking, you know, how I interpreted this, but one of the activities I think you mentioned was just expressing like the emotions that you feel with your, with your, with your body, right. And just kind of letting it happen. And it's a way to, I don't know, you try and push those feelings down, but you talk a lot about being self-aware when you just kind of let those emotions, you know, let your body do what it would feel good to do because those emotions, it helps you recognize yeah. what are you really feeling, right? Like if I, I want to pick something up and shake it, like that's probably not a good emotion, right? But it helps, <laughs> uh, 
versus if I want to run or dance or do something else. But it's, uh, mm. yeah, it's kind of how you talk about that body scan. Was that yeah. kind of like one of the activities where you can gain some self-awareness and probably just let emotions process by well, doing that? Well, I wouldn't say that the body scanning part, which is the introduction, it's like the very beginning part of the class, yeah. but there's a free movement piece. So we do structured movement and the body scan is more about learning to kind of part yourself out. So you're mm -hmm. moving your arms, you're moving your shoulders, you're moving your elbows. And, and, and I'm demonstrating and I invite people to do what they do. And I encourage that everybody's going to do it differently. So there's that room of interpretation. Um, instead of like Zumba, you have to do this exactly. Exactly. Of course, nobody does. But the idea is the intention is that they should do something that looks like that. But I'm just giving people an idea of what isolating different parts of the body to start to feel aware of th these different parts. They're, they all are a part of the whole, but it's important to set part them out in order to become more aware of I feel tension in my arms. I'm holding my fists right now. I'm clenching my glutes. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of tension in the body that goes completely unnoticed until you start to actually pay attention to what's going on in your body. And I'm not speaking to people who are already at the gym and really fit. I'm talking about people who are really bypassing and neglecting their bodies. And those yeah. are the people that I really want to invite to you know, it, it doesn't have to hurt to feel better. It, all we have to do is become more aware and start really connecting to the body. And then we naturally start to care for more for it. So yeah. what, what yeah. you were talking about is there's like, a, there's the, the part where I tell people we can just, we just move the way we want to move and, you know, to the beat of the music. And I invite people to test what I call the diva walk, which for, for I'm not sure how that lands for, for men and masculine people, but like to the, have a diva, it's like to allow yourself to be serious. And for some people, that's really challenging to do among a group, but it's kind of like playing, giving yourself permission to play in different emotions. Like you said before that some emotion was bad, but if we allow ourselves to dance our anger it's not really bad. It's just another emotion, you know, and it's, and it's an important emotion that needs expression. So instead yes. of like throwing the typewriter against the wall, you know, like, like to, to listen to a, a piece of music that you can get into it, whether it be like Metallica or who knows what, you know, but like, yeah. it's, it's a healthy place to channel. And like I say in my class all the time, moans, groans, and sighs are welcome here. And when I do my exhalation, I'm like, and to give that permission to express, release, and let go, like verbally, and of course with the body, there's communication that's purely body language, and to yeah. that the mind is not really an important factor at all. And that's yeah. kind of hard for a lot of people to recognize because we're in such a mental world. But yeah. to get into the body and to allow your body to process emotions, let's say anger, sadness, grief jealousy, you know, it's a safe haven, you know, yeah. and we need more safe havens, I think, for people who don't have the support, who don't have the safe places, you know, yeah. and we see it popping up all over the place. I don't know about your feed. I'm sure it's curtailed to, or curated for your um, interests, right? But mm -hmm. um, a lot of people who want to feel better, 
there's a lot of stuff. There's lots of different types of support out there. And my intention is to help people go like, you don't have to do this by yourself. And you're not alone in this. I've gotten a lot of feedback with the book. And you mentioned that lots of people reached out like they could really relate to your story. Right. And I think you might have mentioned when we talked last time, like you, you really weren't expecting that. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your story and what led you to develop this method. And I know, you know, this is a a long story, but if you could kind of tell us a little bit about that journey that you went through that led you to ultimately making this method and then sharing with others. Yeah, well, I'm my I'm my guinea pig, right? I, yeah. this, this <laughs> we method, all are. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. are. And um, I, growing up, I didn't have a lot of permission to express my truth um, in a safe place, and mm-hmm. I was very angry. I was very sad. I had a lot of resentment about my father's remarriage and my mom's neglect. And there was a lot of if you speak your truth it's wrong. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I knew that there was something really wrong with that, the way I was being received. But of course I believed it cause that's all I knew, but I knew, and I sensed something was off and I knew that I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I was still, I had internalized a lot of toxic shame. And of course, being a child and a teenager and a young adult, I never really, I never questioned all of it. It was too much. So instead I went towards addictive behaviors to have a place to, you know, say, screw it, you know, or, you know, or, or be rebellious or, you know, if I wasn't heard, it was a place, you know, I could be, you know, high as a kite on cannabis and I could, it was safe for me to think those thoughts that I couldn't express when I, when I was in, you know, around my family. And I felt very alone and isolated and I had relationships, but they were never very deep because I had, I just wasn't, I wasn't accessible, but I did always like to dance. And, um, and when I got into my addictive behaviors, I danced less, but I, every once in a while, it would be like, that would be the place that I would just let things go, you know, and hear a song that really resonated with me, whether I be happy, sad, or angry or whatever, whatever. I mean, I didn't know what I was feeling, but that was always like a place for me to, to express myself. Um, so, and I was always like, Oh, wow. And I remember I would go to clubs and I would go to weddings. I would go to live shows and people all the time walk up to me like, you make me want to dance. Like they always would say like, you you just make, you're so inviting. You just, you make me want to dance with you. And mm-hmm. I always knew that that was, you know, that's a gift, yeah. but I had no idea what to do with it, you know? And so I went to college and I got my environmental studies degree. I became a really involved in the so, in the solar energy field. I was doing education and I gained a bunch of weight um, because I wasn't dancing as much and I was doing a lot of cannabis and uh, I had quit smoking, which was, of course, another reason why I gained a ton of, you know, to me, a ton of weight was 60 pounds. I was always been thin because I was always a dancer. And then I started smoking when I was an adolescent. Um, and then I quit smoking for the first time, you know, in my, well, I was 17 and I quit habitually for a bunch of time. And I was in the thick of it of, of, I guess you could say I was in the veil of just reacting to my childhood, you know, and feeling repressed and only having really my addictions and dance. It were mm-hmm. like the safe places for me because I didn't know really how to trust people at all. Hmm. And, I think um, it's interesting reacting to your childhood. It's like, uh, 
there's probably a lot of people that are reacting to their childhood for a lot of their life, right? It's just, uh, they react to their childhood and then it just becomes who they are, right? Then it just becomes a habit of, this is how I react to life, right? Yeah. But it was ultimately from, well, I was angry as a kid. Now I'm angry forever. <laughs> um, right, yeah. right. Oh, so so what I really, I'm, I'm, I know my story is quite long, but yeah. there's, there's it's really key parts where, life was like, Hey, you need to learn this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that hopefully if you're lucky in your life, you get those, you better learn this. Otherwise you're screwed. <laughs> you know, yeah. otherwise you're going to just continue to be in that cycle of suffering. And I went to massage school because I was constantly in pain of my own neck and my own chronic headaches. And when I went to massage school, I wanted to give the massages that I craved. I would go to massage therapists like randomly and be like, I'm hurting so much. I have a headache. Please help me. And they would barely work my neck and my scalp. And I was always like, I'm telling you my problem and you're ignoring my problem. <laughs> you're just doing what you want. And it pissed me off. So I was like, I'm going to become a massage therapist and give the neck massages that I that I want. And people would come to me like, I heard you're the neck lady. <laughs> okay. I heard you're the neck lady. And I, I'm very, very good at taking away people's headaches. And I also guide them through the mindset using the breath while I'm working on their body to help them reframe pleasure. Because if you can't conceive of pleasure, you're going to wallow in pain. So I loved doing that. But uh, I started to get physically exhausted from my massage. And that led me into the consulting career that I'm doing now. But when I was in massage school and I started to do my practical internships with my hands on, the first time I got my hands on people, I could feel where their energy was stuck. I mean, you know, the difference between, you know, when you have tightness in your body and it's held for a long time, you put your hand on somebody's back and you can kind of feel that there's tension there, right? Well, I would do that. I would work with people and I would go, oh, I'm going to give you stretches and range of motion exercises to help you. And I would give them unsolicited advice on how to release their chronic tension once they were off of the massage table. And some people liked it and some people didn't. And some people were like, you know, just give me a massage lady, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where I became aware of this phenomenon called boundaries. And I mean, I was in my, you know, in my mid thirties, just learning about boundaries for the very first time. I never even knew what that word was before my massage practice. So I believe that my massage practice was there for me to learn about my gifts. And it was a wonderful physical experience. I could help give people pleasure in a healthy way and then also learn about having healthy boundaries. I learned to give massages and then I would tell people about my my other, you know, if you're interested in stretches and range of motion exercises, but that's kind of exact that's kind of how I led into the um, development of the method. I was kind of just hit me that I wanted to come up with something that anybody can do that would help release tension in the body. Mm. And I decided that I was going to combine all of my range of motion, stretching, and breathwork exercises into a really easy to do program that anybody can do as long as they were 
able to move at least their arms and upper body, you know, because you can do the method seated um, for mm-hmm. people who really just can't even be on their feet. So it, to me, once I created that, I was like, I had a place for helping people in that capacity. And I started to offer the program in churches and stuff like that. And I've played around with the method quite a bit since I designed it in 2016. What um, were some of the changes? Because uh, you brought up your, you were your own guinea pig, right? To experiment with this. When you started doing this method for yourself, and maybe, you know, you were doing this way before you even, you know, turned it into a method. What were some of the changes you started to notice as you started to practice some of these exercises, movements, ways of thinking? I'm not not as I as I changed the method itself. It was what did I notice inside that was that was yeah, shifted? Yeah. yeah, as you started um, to maybe another way is like, you know, when people are carrying this tension around with them, what are some of the consequences that leads to versus once you learn to release this tension, you know, what you how does that compare? It's like it's 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 just um on the emotional spectrum, let's say. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have heavy energy and light energy. You know, and some people like to do it this way where this is the light energy and this is the heavy energy. So you have joy and happiness and excitement like up here, enthusiasm, yeah. and inspiration. And then you have heavy energy. It's dense energy, right? It's like, ugh, I don't want to feel this, right? Everybody kind of wants to steer away from this heavy energy. And they, they in circles that I've been around for many, many years, the issues in the tissue and the heavy energy that isn't processed in the body stuck in the body. It stays in the body. So for example, you know, fear is like in your shoulders, you know, when, when you're, you get nervous and you're anticipating things and you're not sure what's going to happen. I and mean, we naturally like contract, right? So if you think of somebody throwing it, you're like, ah, you know, like you, you contract. And if you don't, release what you contract it stays there and so one it was kind of a funny uh thing to admit but i started noticing that i carried my i carried a lot of tension not only in my shoulders but i carried them in my glutes and i actually like and it's kind of like a a, a very intimate thing to admit but i know that i'm not alone where people i mean you can almost see i mean if you're going to go around staring at people's behinds but there are people that you know, you hold, you holds a lot of energy in, I, I held energy in my glutes and I started to become aware of it through the method. And I started to become aware of it. And then I just relax. Yeah. So if you just hold a fist, it's the same thing, or you raise your shoulders, you know, you hold the fist and you relax it. And I teach people with my shoulder shrug exercise, which, which I love to teach people. And it's just a super simple thing but there's a lot to it because there's layers of to ourselves, right? So you raise your shoulders and you inhale and then drop it, but don't drop it slow, drop it fast. So inhale, like a, like a, like a cable, just let it go. And doing that exercise, not only does it release the tension that you accumulate in here, it helps to release the, you know, what's trapped in here and you can do stretches for that as well but you're also training your body to recognize tension. Mm. You know, I think what it feels like. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know if you've, uh, I just started this. I'm about a month in where I've been doing an ice plunge every day. Have you done any of the uh, experiments with any ice plunges or anything like that? You know, it's a great, it's a great 
direction I want it to. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to turn my shower thing down at the end of every shower. And then I conveniently forget. I have a serious fear of cold water Mm. and I know. And I tell my daughter, my daughter loves water. She's such a fish. She loves being in water and she doesn't care about jumping in cold water. And I tell her, tell me, I'm not going to die. And she's like, you're not going to die, mom. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting the water. But I, I think it's um, really important to do. Yeah. I just I think it's similar to like relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's painful. So I'll go in the ice bath for three minutes. Uh, you know, the water is 35 degrees yesterday. So right now, how I'm doing it is I have this sunroom off the back of our house and it gets whatever temperature it is outside. So it's the winter here in Ohio. So like I've had one time, it was yesterday, we went out and it was actually frozen on the top. So I cracked up the ice and then got in there with the water. But uh, it's just, you go in there for three minutes. I set a timer and it's kind of like you said of your body wants to just completely tighten up, right? Because it's in the mm-hmm. cold and that's kind of your natural instinct. But it's like when you just sit there and just kind of breathe it out and like all of a sudden you'll start to get this shiver and you tense up and you just kind of notice it. And it's like, you can just breathe it out and completely let go of, it's kind of like you just got to surrender to the cold, right? Yeah. And uh, I feel like it's just helped me in so many ways not carry stress around with me in the day or I, like sleeping better, even if I have big things going on in my life that normally might affect my sleep or, you know, when I'm done with work, be on my mind when I'm with my family. But it's kind of like, it just trains you during those three minutes. Like you just have to sit there and surrender to it and just relax. Yeah. If you just try and clench up, it's going to be painful and you end up just going to convince yourself to get out. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah kind of like you said that that's body scan, right? Of finding where you carry that. It, um, it's yeah. kind of like you find where you're oh. clenching and you just got to relax to it. Otherwise you're just going to be a shivering tensed up mess in your ice bath for three minutes. I, I really want to do it. And, uh, <laughs> it, what it reminds me of is childbirth, you know, <clears throat> and women, when they're tense up, and it's and they're they're so fearful. It's it's a horrible experience. But if you just surrender and allow your body to naturally do what it does, which is you know it goes into contraction and then it goes into a release. And um, I, I really really think it's it's you know the ice bath is one method, and there's so many different awesome. methods yeah. of awareness. And I think it, what it comes down to is really what do you resonate with. And I, I really want to do the ice thing. I do. I do. I want to do it so bad. But then I conveniently forget. And it's like, I, I think there's a block around it, but I'm going to, I'm going to write myself a note right now. Because there you go. I got to do it. Get cold. Yep. Go, go cold. Turn your shower all the way cold or fill up your bath, cold water, <laughs> put some ice cubes in there. If you really yes. want to get crazy with it. But uh, yes. all right. So what do you think are some good, just practical exercises for people to start with. I imagine we all want to feel better about ourselves, right? Even if you are a very healthy or emotionally stable person, like we all, there's always room for growth. What do you think are some practical early exercises for people to start with to start kind of recognizing maybe if it's where they're carrying their attention or this, but just some exercise to have more wellness in their life? Stillness, breath Mm. work, you know, um, learning to just be, I think is therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about stillness. What do you uh, really mean by that? What do I really mean? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I use stillness as a as a word instead of meditation because mm-hmm. I think stillness is kinder. Stillness is just 
it's just being to me meditation it has this connotation of of discipline and all yeah, of those like I have to remove my thoughts which is yes. like now you and, try and think about removing your thoughts and it just right now it contradicts itself yeah yeah and i i you know we're a workaholic culture and mm-hmm. i i think everybody can benefit from just not watching TV, not uh, looking at your cell phone. That's not doing nothing. That's that's passive entertainment. You know, that's passive experience, passive activity because your mind is going like, and you're being, you know, you're you're being hit with input. But to literally do nothing, and I I like to do nothing, laying down, and I'm not mm-hmm. intending to sleep. I'm literally just resting. To me, that's the gentlest way to go about getting out of this flight or flight mm-hmm. response, which to me flight or flight response is one of the main causes of problems, disease and any kind of degradation over time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so stillness to me is like vitamin D, you know, stillness mm-hmm. is, is a basic breath work. And people who, especially people who say they, they can't meditate or they can't be still, oh gosh, and in walking, walking is excellent. What I like about dancing the most is that um, all of your judgment comes up, you know, like for a lot of people when they when they start to dance, there's whatever issues, whatever judgments that they were around around dance, if they're not comfortable with it, it's a fascinating uh, self exploration Hmm. to like put on some some music that you really feel passionate about and like let yourself go there. But, you know, that's it. That's for the open-minded people, you know? Because to dance, if you're, all you're worried about is what you look like or what others think you are about you, you're not going to, it's going to, it's not going to work, right? You're going to be rigid. It's not going to be a, a real dance. It's, right. and it's not going to be fun. Hmm. Right. Right. And what I say to people in my class all the time is you can't do it wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And imagine that, you know, imagine that kind of permission to just be right, no matter what you do, you can't do it wrong. You can't be bad at it. Like imagine that, imagine that, imagine cultivating that habit, you know, of, of being right, no matter how you do it. I love that. Yeah, that's good. Now, I think on our, when we were talking earlier, you were talking about, uh, have you used this with people? Was it in prison or people who have like uh, addictive behaviors? I'm trying to remember, but you've had really good results there. Is that, is that right? Yeah. 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 I, worked, I worked at a women's inpatient alcohol and drug recovery center and mm-hmm. it was magic, you know, yeah. because people who have addiction, there's so much judgment. There's mm-hmm. so much judgment and there's so much repressed. So giving people an expression, an opportunity to express in that non-judgmental safe environment. I mean, beautiful things happen. And, and fun, you know, where they, they get a break from this, I'm bad, I'm screwed up, and you just joy, just joy for the sake of joy. And to share it with people, with, with sisters or with your community that loves you unconditionally, no matter what you do, you know, mm-hmm. there's a spotlight exercise that I do in my class. And I just love that part because everybody takes turn being in the center, being seen, and mm-hmm. everybody who's witnessing. It was just such a powerful thing to witness of the person in the middle is that you're giving them supportive, loving energy and you're either mimicking them, whatever they're doing, or you're cheering them on, 
you know, and I think people who suffer from, from addiction of any drugs or any, even the socially acceptable ones to be cheered on, that's, that's a big, big deal. Cause a lot of people who come from, who, who have addiction come from very, very abusive or critical, you know, some sort of mistreatment and some, and, and not having a safe place to express it. And that's why they go to the pleasure because they didn't have a safe place to express it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know if I've ever really made the connection between judgment and addiction and how, yeah, if they have lots of judgments on themselves or, you know, if they're afraid of judgment, it causes addiction. I think one of the interesting things you'd brought up as I was going through your book was uh, if you start to recognize what you judge other people for, you're going to realize what you judge yourself for, right? If I think, oh, if this person is doing this, they must be a bad person. Or if this person's doing this, they must be sleazy in some way. It's like, if I ever want to go do something similar to that, I'm going to bump up against those same judgments, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Or, or there's there could be some other relationship to whatever they're triggering you. You know, like they're the the judgment that they trigger in you could to me not I mean it's it's jealousy is often it can't be acknowledged, right? So it turns into hate. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we judge people, there's either jealousy or some sort of resentment, envy, you know, all of these and gosh, those emotions, they're really not encouraged, you know, to be felt. So instead it's much easier to just say, Oh, that person dresses that way. They're that way. They're that kind of person. You know, it would come up with these crazy uh, generalizations based on stuff that we don't connect with. For, for me, a big barrier to like my, my desire to be successful is that I had a lot of hangups about money and materialism and people who had money I would go, I wouldn't let myself acknowledge the jealousy or the envy. Instead, I would say those people are bad people because they right. have those status things and they care about the status things. I felt like it put me in a, in a superior place because I was judging them for their status, their yeah. high status, but I was putting it down. And then I realized, wait a second, I have a problem with money. It, mm-hmm. they, they don't have a problem. They're, they're great. They're good with their money, you know, and who am I to say how deep they are or how shallow they are just because they drive a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. It's like, uh, if I think, Oh, if if I see somebody who's my similar age with more money, if I have these negative thoughts around like, Oh, they probably rip people off or, you know, they're just way too focused on material stuff. They probably have a mess of a home family life or, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like now, that I'm going to bump up against that if I want to go make more money, right? Like, oh, well, if I go make more money, my family life is going to crumble. Or if I go make more money, I must be ripping people off. And it's like, well, now, yeah, it's just like you're judged with the same, however you judge others, you're you're judging yourself that same way. And it's, yeah, it's just unhealthy. That's good. All right. So let's see, what are some of the best ways for people to connect with you, learn more about your method, what you're doing? What do you think there? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I mean, I have an Instagram account, but it's really just my meme addiction that's like collected <laughs> okay. over there. Um, but if you yeah. wanted to go to my website, it's my business name, I think is uh, inneralignmenteducation.com. Mm-hmm. And there you can get an actual breakdown of the method to do it at home. And then, you know, you could 
you could check out everything that I, you know, what I do and, and um, you can sign up to get a consultation for free and see if it's a good fit. And uh, yeah. And yeah, so my okay. website is we'll check basic. out your book, right? Yeah. Your book's oh, on your you can go to Amazon. Here's my book. Yeah, Amazon. <laughs> align your body, align your life. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's really good stuff. And I know it goes a lot more into detail about your story and you know the method that you use and kind of a lot more deeper on the all the different components, the mindset component, the, the body component, the spirit component. So yeah, it's really yeah. good. The, the the biggest takeaway that I think I wrote the book for was the recognition that I'm not alone and that I, mm. there's a comfort for others that they're not alone. So I hope I hope that people check out the book and and feel that comfort and feel that yeah. that awareness, you know. Yeah, I like it. I think that's good. Yeah, you're not alone in it. And uh, really, if somebody's listening to this and you know somebody else who can benefit from Lisa Beth's message or her methods, then share this episode with them. Uh, share what she's doing. So Lisa Beth, thanks for coming on here. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate you sharing your your wisdom, the things you've learned, the things you're teaching others. And I really respect what you're doing. I know you're helping a lot of people. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. 